um, before we used to have God's Coffee. You remember that? Uh, when we used yeah. to have Bible studies, he used to lead the Bible study. Yeah. And we used to talk a lot about like different subjects of the Bible and especially like things like Revelation or like different like New Testament books, you know? And it was kind of interesting. And I remember one time his his uh, his mom actually came. Oh, yeah. And she started going in. Fire. Like, she was Fire. Like crazy. Yeah. I was like, what? I was like, I didn't know all of this. So, yeah, if you guys really want to like get to know more about the Bible, like definitely like Hit up his mom, bro. Hit up his mom. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I can definitely attest that, like, most of what I've learned has been because I've been going into the Word and also because of those times of fellowship where I've been able to dig into the Word yeah. with other people like Pichos mm-hmm. who've been able to, like, kind of, like, help us understand things that we didn't understand before. Mm-hmm. So, bro, tell us how you came. We all, we all want to hear the story, how you, you came to All right, so Lava. Eli tells us one story, bro, but what's I know, your story? we want to hear your side. So... The the long the long long story short version is that Eli he kind of tag along with with Israel with Chai. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say six years, twenty sixteen, uh, six years ago. Dang, dang, six years ago. Uh, so long story short, I I decided to move back to California in twenty sixteen, the beginning of twenty sixteen. So where were you? I was living in Mexico. Okay. I was I was helping my parents in the church. I was growing there. Uh, my sister, even though she's uh, younger than me, she decided to move out of the house before uh, before me. Okay. And the reason why I didn't move out is because I firmly believe at that moment that God wanted me to be in Mexico. Okay. And I was pushing hard to get into universities. I went to do my my uh, my exams because in Mexico it's kind of different the way it works here yeah. education wise. In Mexico, after high school, you can go to any university, you can do your test, and if you pass it, you're in you're in the university, right? And then you start like going into your career. So I tried to do that for many years. I wanted to be an architect. I have always loved all of that, and I was I firmly believe I was like I think this is what God wants mm-hmm. for me. But at the same time, I was working in the church, working with youth. Uh, We had to do a lot of stuff, good stuff, big stuff. Uh, We went to the streets. We did a bunch of stuff, right? Okay. So I was pretty active in church. And then I was, for two years, I was looking to get into universities. Every university was rejecting me for not passing the test. And it was not like I was dumb. I actually graduated. (laughs) I graduated high school by Victorian. I was like top of the class, blah, 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 right? So I was like, it was it was a time in my life that I was like, okay, like this is this is what it feels to get good good grades to your mom, you know? Because I was always used to like, like Mexicans' moms, you know, like el pellizco aquí, like, why did I came for your grades, you know? And you're like, oh, this is a shame. And I was like, yeah. But then and then in high school something switched me, because I, when I came into high school I was going on almost a full on year of like being a mess, mm. drugs, alcohol, uh, I burned my school. I, fi- I I got you into school. Arson? Yeah, arson? I burned my. <laughs> with, uh, with, I mean, we no, believe it, it was us because we were we were doing things on the on the on, on the dry grass part of the school, and we and and we just throw our cigarettes, and then we start running to our classrooms, and all of a sudden, in 30, 40 minutes after no. that, the school was on fire. So we were like, oh, thing, we think it was us. So whatever. So that's another story, but. Uh, so I was get I got into a fight with a teacher. I was I was just like being a mess, right? Yeah. Did you win? 
It probably I don't know. <laughs> probably as the other guy. Yeah, <laughs> as, as the pull other guy. The video, pull out the video. No, I mean it was it was a mess, right? I was just being a mess. I, like we'll I, start. No, yeah, kidding. bro. <laughs> I, I mean, at, at that time, the social media thing platform was not big as as now. But I think if it was that time, it would be like, okay, well, who is this guy? It was me and another guy, but whatever. So I, I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. I was hanging out with like, like I mean, in Mexico, people say like, oh, Mexico is a country, a narco country and stuff like that. It is if you want it to be, you know, like if you want to be get involved in that crowd, you can get involved in that crowd. Uh, so I got involved with that crowd, even even being a pastor's kid. I got involved with that crowd. Uh and then when I fell school, because from like nine classes that I had, I only passed one. Damn. And the only one that I passed was English. <laughs> and the only the only reason why, because I, I some of you be like, yeah, this Mexican has the broken accent. It's like, bro, I was born here, but I was raised in Mexico. <laughs> but but I remember that the only reason why I passed English is because the teacher's name was the name as me. It's the same name. He was like, his name was Asiel. Oh. And he told me, he's like, where you come from? He's like, you don't look like from here. And I, and I have always pulled it. I was like, I'm from the United States. And he was like, you don't have to do my class if you don't want. It's like, you already passed. I was like, cool. So, but I, I thought that he, I thought that the rest of the nine teachers told me the same thing. So I was like, I was never showing up to no classes, right? So I just passed that class. And then I remember my dad, he was like, okay, either you go to work or you go to school again. You try school again because I don't, I don't, I don't want your lazy butt in my house. And I was like, I think I'm gonna try school again. You know, like, oh, like. So when I when I tried the new this new high school, I was behind everybody. Something kind of switched in me. Okay. I was like, okay, I'm gonna stop seeing my friends. I'm, I'm. This is a new school. This is a new season. I need to really focus. And that time, at that time, I was not really thinking about too much in God, but I was like, I just want to make my parents proud because. Since I was in kindergarten, my parents were in school every two, three weeks, messing with something with me, right? So I was like, okay, I just want to be good. I just want to be an example. I'm the oldest from my from my siblings. I was like, I just want to be an example. So something flicking me. So I went hard on school. I was like, I was yeah, I was like there making the homeworks, like being top of the class. I got to a point that I was even even in my classmates. Like I remember algebra. That was my for not liking mathematics and all of that. I, I got to love like all of that. I was like, oh, I like this topics. I understand it now, you know? <laughs> so, and I remember that after that, I was pretty confident that I was going to make it. I was like, okay, I'm going to go into university. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to become the greatest architecture in, in, in the world. Right. I was like, ah, I was even looking into transference to like Spain and mm. stuff like that. And then all the doors were shutting down. Everything, everything like and and the reason why I was not getting into it, it was because I was like if the if the approval points were like 90, I was 89. Oof. If the approval points was 150, I was 149. And I was like, what? So time after time, I try, I try, I, I try Guadalajara. We were joking about it. Uh, it was the same thing. Door, door after door were just shutting down. And I was like, okay, so I got to a point that I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't get it. I'm serving you. I'm serving in church. Um, I'm trying to be a good Christian, quote unquote, good Christian. I'm trying to be straight. I'm trying to be responsible. I'm trying to be a role model. I'm trying to be, I'm out there preaching the gospel, trying to, you know, and then, and then, so for one year, God didn't respond to anything. 
So what I was doing, I was praying every day, every day I would put, I remember that before, before eating with my family, we would spend 20 minutes just praying to say like, God, give us, give me direction what I want, what I have to do. So long story short, uh, one day out of the blue, somebody from Salinas that is uh, a, a, a friend of the family, uh, and this, those friends that you call family, you call, yeah. like, I call her my aunt. And she called me out of the blue and she's like, hey, uh, I know you're looking for like opportunities. It's like, will you be down to work with, with the company that I manage? And I'm pretty close to Santa Cruz. So, you, so we have a college here. If you, if you jump into college, I'll help you out. Hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, did, I, really, I, I saw it as like the response of God saying like, this is where you need to go. And I was like. Okay, so I got here. I got to Salinas. Salinas is like three hours from here. I got to Salinas, and I was going to school. I, I actually my 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 college I think is one of the dopest colleges here in the area. It's called Cabrillo College oh, because yeah. you have Cabrillo College and it's then, a good community college. And then the, there's the church. The church where your brother goes. Uh, uh, whatever, but the church yeah, is yeah. there. There's mm-hmm. a church there, and then you go. You drive like half a mile. And then the the Santa Cruz Beach Walk, it, mm. like Breach, is there. It's all right there. So, so it's, it, it was uh, me coming from Mexico, where where we have a dry, like like uh, you know, like like it's desert. We don't have like really water, water like like close by. I have my friends like, hey, bro, let's go surf, and I was like, oh, how you do that? <laughs> so <laughs> I remember that I tried to do it. I was like, I suck at this. I'll just stay with soccer. It's like I I'm not even that Did good. Did you try it or not? I try it, oh, but I was just dope. like, no, 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 no. But the funny thing is that when I when I came to United States, when I came back, because again I was born here. When I came back, I'm going for like the first month. I came back and I was like, okay, God, I'm ready. United States, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna be a millionaire. Blah blah blah. Again, another American dream. Exactly the American <laughs> dream, right? I was like, ah, and then I'm going. I'm, I start working. I start going to school. And then probably in a month that I got here, I broke my foot. It's just snap. And I was like, okay, like, really? Like, like that? can I go back to my house now in Mexico? <laughs> but something in me said like, no, stay, stay, stay. Hold on, hold on, hold it's on. I saw the medical bills. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, pay for these? Uh, yeah, I was like, mom, can you pay for this? <laughs> but I remember that my parents were like, hey, just come back and then you can try it in a year. You can try it in six yeah. months. But I was like, no, something is telling me to stay here. Something is telling me to stay here. So I stayed there for almost a year. I was not going to church. I was I couldn't find a church. I couldn't find a church. Um, so I saw myself. I started drifting back to a lot of stuff. Like I, I, I didn't went back to it. But I remember one time when I noticed that, that I was walking and somebody was smoking weed. Salinas. So I was living in the ghetto of Salinas. Somebody was smoking weed. And I remember that I used to ball with these guys. There was a basketball court across the apartments. And I used to go like every two, three days. And they were, they were all smoking weed, like, you know, drinking and stuff like that. And I made them my buddies. I was like, hey, come on. And then I remember one day a guy was, like, smoking, like, really hard. That it, I, I, the, the kind of, like, the flavor, like, of the smoke hit me. And I was like, oh, I want one. <laughs> it's like, and then I thought it. I was like, man, no, nobody knows me here. It's like, whatever. I'm not going to church. It's like, eh, my, bro- my foot is broken. It's like, whatever. So it's like, eh. it's for the pain. Yeah, I was like, dude, it's like, so 
So for a moment, I thought about it, and I remember they was like, hey, bro, you want some? And I was like, nah, bro, I'm good. And then I went back to the house, and I was like, okay, guys, I really need to find a community. I really need to find a place to connect. And this is this really important. This A lot of people are against the, like churches, but in reality, if uh, I think that... Uh, uh, I think long wolf Christianity has to disappear because you really need a community. Yeah, yeah, community is not the nicest. Community probably cannot be the prettiest, but it's necessary. Because a lot of times we come and say like, oh, there are a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, you're a hypocrite too because you're here. Hmm. Yeah, you're a sinner too because you're here. And then uh, there's something that has always been big for me, for my background, for my family is being community. I still remember... And this is pretty normal for Mexican Latino families. We are used to like overcooking, right? Yeah. We are used to like always leave a one more plate if somebody shows up. Recalentado. Exactly. And mm. not just that. For me in my house, I was pretty used to that. Like people always, different people eating at our table. Brothers, uh, people that were working in church, the random uh, homeless guy that came every day to ask for a plate. It was like people eating at our table every day. So I got used to that. So I, it went from a moment that having community with church, family, and friends to not having a lot of community mm. and then not having a church. So I was like, ah. and so long story short, uh, I, we, I go back to Mexico for our summer camp 2016 uh, and we go in the Mexican camp is not like the ones here that they give you all the amenities and five stars <laughs> and all stuff. It was like, oh, there's a piece of dirt. You can sleep there. You know, like, <laughs> you're like, oh, there's coyotes here. Yeah. Yeah. And this is your knife. So the coyote comes, you can kill him and you Mata can cook it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there's a chicken there. You need to kill it. And oh, you know, there's a rat right there. It. You need to kill it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bro. But it, it was the raddest, uh, coolest ex- camp experiences in all like its length. Like. From the spiritual, everything, like mm-hmm. everything. So we go pick up the the preacher that in that 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 year was was Chai was Israel Martinez. Shout out to Chai. Hey. Uh, and then he shows up with a with a chubby white dude, <laughs> and I'm like I'm like, hey, who is this guy? He's like, oh, this is my brother in law. He was like, he was not doing anything, so I just brought him, and that that was Eli. And mm-hmm. then. I remember that he came all flexed up. He came with like like a brand new hat, brand new shoes, brand new brand new sweats. He was all like, I was like, okay, this guy has style. But I was like, but I'm sorry for you, bro, because where are we going? They're gonna strip like, you. He's wow. like, no, bro. This this the the, the the the. I was like, we're going to the top of the mountain. Bunch of dirt. Yeah, exactly. Not just that. I was like, bro, this is Mexico. They can just steal your stuff if they want. You know, like. He came out already. He thought that he was going to to Puerto Vallarta. I was like, <laughs> my, my city name is Tepiapulco, and it sounds really close to Acapulco. Mm. And I was like, bro, you're not going to Acapulco. You're going to Tepiapulco. <laughs> this is in the middle of nowhere. So I saw this guy, and I was like, and we connected right away with him. And then another guy that Eli is going to remember, his name is Jonas. He's, shout out to Jonas. He's in, he's in Texas. He's going strong, too. Uh, so it was uh, Eli, Jonas, Chai, and me. Mm-hmm. We kind of went there, and then kind of, and God just grabbed the four of us, and he just, he just like, I could, I was able to see the transformation from Eli to now Pastor Eli. Mm-hmm. I, I was, and I can see that I'm honored to be there to be part of that. 
and that I was able to see this flex style kid from California give up his new pair of shoes to a, to a kid from, from Mexico. He was like, I don't need this before leaving the trip. Damn. And then I remember that he, and he always says, it's like, I went to Mexico and I transformed my life. I was able to, to see that, you know? And the same thing happened with Chai. The same thing happened, at least it happened with me too. That it was a camp experience, like not probably like the, 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 the ones we have here in the United States or in California, but it was a camp experience that I think it was necessary for a mm-hmm. lot of us. And in that moment, God already had healed my foot. Like, like it was really, really miraculous the way it happened because in like the span of four months, I was already 100% complete healed. Wow. From broken it to like, I broke it in February. By June, I was ready. Like, I was done. And the doctors were like, we don't know what happened. So, uh, so I kind of saw it. And then after that, I came back to the United States. And then they invited me and said, hey, will you be down to help us out in our youth camp? It's next weekend. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm coming into California on Thursday. The camp is it's Friday. I'll just, whatever, I'll just be there. So I came to the first camp and all these kids that were like 10 years. I'm almost, yeah, you guys were like, what? No, we're like 12. Yeah, that's right. Let me, years. If, 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 you guys, if you guys have a, if you guys have the ability to put some pictures on it, you should, you should oh, throw no, it in the no, video. Of no, 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 the first camp, the first youth camp that we had. Uh, I think we were like 25 or 30 kids, like con- mm-hmm. counting like uh, the leaders and everything. And obviously this too and the guys behind the cameras are going to remember a little bit more than you. But I wasn't there. So yeah, exactly. So, so we, we were like you were around. spirit, bro. He was, yeah. was in Templo Santa. Yeah. <laughs> Respect. So, so I remember that there were a bunch of kids that I was like, okay, and, and I started going out and in Spanish, I was like, I'm not pretty comfortable with my English yet. I'm just going to say everything Spanish. I hope you guys understand. Mm-hmm. And then I remember for the guys that were there for the first camp, I still remember that God moved in a mighty, mighty way. Mm-hmm. That I think actually Mark, a lot of the people that were in the room, he set up for the rest of, the, of, the, of their lives. And they mm-hmm. set up for the rest of the next six years. Because, I mean, for the people that were there, I think we can confidently say that that's where kind of God set up the mark and say, like, okay, mm-hmm. this is where... This is where legendary youth at the time was not called legendary youth legendary youth now is gonna be set for the next six years mm. and because from there it was just like i mean I, you guys will remember it was more like 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 you know like it just exponentially like started growing a lot a mm-hmm. lot a lot a lot that it got to a point that we were like okay we really need to focus on what we're gonna do what are we doing so it was kind of cool so Again, Eli didn't didn't pay a coyote. Eli didn't <laughs> Eli didn't smuggle me into United States. I'm a United States citizen. I have both. I can show it to you. I have my passport. Bro, you got some fake IDs. <laughs> Actually, my name is Jorge Esteban. <laughs> so yeah, I was I came here because I believe that God brought me here. That's so. good, bro. Uh, it's good that you know you're saying that uh, you were able to experience two different sides of churches. You know. Uh, church in Mexico, they go to in a different way. Um, and here in America, we have it. Well, in the states, because we are in America. Um, here in the states, we we do it a little bit different. So we just want to talk about how you know where is the church headed. You know, uh, I feel like uh, we have seen like a drastic change. Personally, I see it that um, the the Latino. I'm not just saying Mexico. Like Latino churches from homeland. They're more passionate 
um, I saw this clip and they were saying that this that the African churches are the like the churches that are more you know closest to the Bible. You know they they will put a shame to the people to the pastors here in America because here the pastors in America we have we have a different lifestyle we we live it differently than you know people from Africa mm-hmm. and I feel like the Latino churches are closer to you know those type of churches. Mm-hmm. So we just want to talk about a little bit how, like what you think about the churches where where what's what's headed you know. And I'm just saying, like, do your guess, but we're going to talk it in a biblical sense, you know. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say that the church, not like Templo Santo or mm-hmm. Palabra or, or yeah. Harvest, like the, the main the body church, of yeah, Christ. Exactly, yeah, one church. Where is it headed to, you know? What's mm-hmm. what's about to happen for the church? And if if it's already happening, where we expect it to go to, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, one, of the, one of the things that we've been experiencing lately is that even though that we, uh, and here in America and, and United States, let's not call it America, but here in the United States, you see it more often than our countries where we come from. Yeah, is that you see a lot of multicultural churches. Like you have, uh, it's not for being racist or anything, but but this is reality. You have your black church, you have your Latino church, you have your Asian church, the Filipino church, mm-hmm. and you have the the American white church, whatever, no? Uh, so I think that then there is already a problem because we already, wa- already want to see it like, oh, we're different cultures, so we do things differently. Yeah. And, and I think when we are able to say, yeah, we are a Latino church, but we are, ju- we are just a church. We are just a part of the body. Mm-hmm. I think that's when... The, when a lot of reconciliation has to happen between the Church, body of Christ. Yeah. Because I, I think at this moment, and, and, and I think we have seen it more and more, more than, than all the years that I've been here, all the years that I've been knowing a little bit of politics and, and daily life and United States and, and Karens and, and what, is the, what is the equivalent of... Uh, the Kyles. The Kyles and Karens and of America in this world. Is that now we're getting into a moment in history that everything is super polarized. Yeah, you yeah. either are white or you either are black. Yeah. You either are Christian or you are not Christian. You either are a man or you're a woman or you can even be something else. In between. <laughs> exactly. Or you can be anything in between, right? That I think that as a church, we should show a front of saying like, yeah, we're black, we're white, we're Latino, we're yellow, we're purple, whatever, but we all one unit. Yeah, and 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 I think that that's the main problem with the church in America, because I'm not saying that I, it's pretty rad and crazy and cool when you see the church and they just go on fire for God, yeah. they just like ah. And then I remember that the reason why we started is we started translating the services here in PDC is because a lot of people that didn't speak Spanish just start coming to church. A lot of people, and they were not just you guys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you guys remember that. I And I saw this. Uh, when we opened this building uh, five five years ago, four or five years ago. Four. Uh, we, op- we opened this building. I was here. I was able, I was able to be still be here. We opened the building. And then there was a season that it was just people coming to the Sunday service to like Miel San Marcos playing on the, on the worship team. Venció y Cristo rompe las cadenas and stuff like that. The people that were just coming here, they didn't know a word of what we were saying, but yeah. they ju- they were just having a, a Holy Ghost party with us. That I remember the pastor talking to Eli and the team, I was like, we need to start translating the services because mm-hmm. people are coming in that they don't know a clue of Spanish. 
And then we started having a lot of people that they were like pretty accustomed of like having the two languages in their lives. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. That I kind of saw, and this is this was a good example of like how our body of Christ, how the body of Christ should look like. Obviously, we're not perfect. We're not. We're not. The, yeah. This is not the perfect church because there's no perfect church because it's full of imperfect people. But I was able to see a little glimpse of how how it can look like when a church just comes together and they don't care if you speak Spanish or not. They don't care if you if you even understand him, but you're just here because you want to know God and you are here because you're coming here to know God. So I think that the church is moving to Thor's and, and I think, and this is something that I heard uh, and they were saying this a couple of weeks ago. I think the next revival is going to, is going to be an intimacy. It's going to mm. be intimacy. It's not going to be, yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, we love a really a good Holy Ghost party, right? We yeah. love when the preacher is like, hallelujah. Santo. Hallelujah. I, I love all of that. I love all of that. I'm, all, I'm mm-hmm. a sucker for all of that. I love the Pentecostal spirit in churches. I love to be just a fire service. But I think the revival in churches are really going to come in intimacy. And intimacy, a lot of times people, people don't like to be intimate with you because they don't like to show you their face. Yeah. They don't like to show you their sin. And it was the same thing with, actually, if you see Jesus, Jesus never actually had like a, like a formal service the way we do it. All he was doing is going out there and spilling people's problems. <laughs> Just saying like, I know you have done this, this, and this, and this, but he said, but there's grace. But there's forgiveness. Hmm. But my blood will cover everything. So I think, and but a lot of times the people out there that they don't know church, they're afraid of churches because for many years we put this fa- this facial saying like, oh, you have to be always perfect, and you know you cannot be loud, and 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 oh man, if you you're a big sinner, you cannot be here. Yeah, there's standards, there's lines, there's guidelines. And I'm all for it because we currently we're going through something like that. But but the welcoming part of the church has to be, I want to know you. Yeah. Yeah, come as you are. I want to know you. And then if I'm able to help you to change, amen. Because at the end of it, the one that makes the change is God. The one that makes, and I I have seen it time after time, even for my life. It It only takes one touch of God in your life. To kind of your life to be like, okay, this is not different. This is different. Like there's something different in me. Mm. There is something that I'm like, uh, you know, and then it's really sad when you see it in people. And we all know people like this, that they have experienced time after time, God, and they go back to the old ways. And you're like, bro, really? Really, bro? Yeah. Like, so I think the church is going to set up a new standard because I think that it's, it's not going to get better and easier now. Yeah. So... But I don't know. So I, I think you touched on a really important topic. Sorry, Izzy. Mm-hmm. No, go for it. I think that you know we set a standard a lot of times in the church, not not necessarily speaking on a specific church, but just as the body of Christ, where you know we get caught up in the hype, bro. We mm-hmm. get caught up in like the awe and the splendor of yeah. like these services, and I feel like we've done church so well, but we haven't gone really to know who Jesus is, mm-hmm. and there's a difference, bro. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a generation now that they're just like looking for an answer now. They're mm-hmm. like trying to find identity. They're, they're looking to everything but Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And that's how you know like the harvest is ripe, bro. 
that this is our hour to like mm-hmm. show people who Jesus really is, you know? Because they're tired of the hype. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have hype on their phone. They have it available 24-7. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Nick Vujicic said, said this the best. We went to a conference about a couple two, weeks ago. Two, um, two three to, weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, three weeks ago to a Gen Z conference. Um, it, it was a very unique experience, bro, in that they didn't promote any specific preacher, any band. It was like, let's just go for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And to see a generation rise up, bro, and to cry out for, for more of Jesus, bro. Not for a revival, just more of Jesus. We want more, you know? That is what we like, bro. And Nick Vujicic said this. He was like, I no longer pray for revival in America. Mm-hmm. I pray that the church recognizes that we're the bride. Mm-hmm. And that Christ is coming to us. Mm-hmm. And when you understand this picture, bro, that Christ is coming to us, but we have to be ready as the bride in order for us to like fully receive the bridegroom. That's a very daunting task. And people like, in my opinion, tend to avoid, I guess, commitment and like the responsibility factor of this walk, bro. Even Jesus said himself, if you want to walk with me, carry your cross daily. Mm -hmm. It comes at a price. It, it hurts. It's brutal, but in that walk, in that suffering, you find out who this person is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And mm. to instill that that um, value, I would say, that idea, it's going to take a while. I'm, I'm going to just say that straightforward. We're, I know we're continuing praying for revival. And we. Um, I feel like we have this stigma that we're going to see it sometime soon. And I don't doubt it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of work has to be put in, bro. Mm-hmm. And I see that what you're doing in your ministry, bro. You're, you're putting your hands in the dirt, bro. You're doing what a lot of people don't want to do right now. And you're just being very real, authentic, and you're not compromising the gospel mm-hmm. one bit, bro. And that's where the faithfulness of God comes in because he gives the growth, mm-hmm. not us. Mm-hmm. We see the growth here and it's awesome, bro. Glory mm-hmm. to God. But there's a lot more mm-hmm. work that needs to be done. Well, you were saying um, there's extra study that it's going on that uh, Christianity is actually is going to become the the lowest uh it, it actually is already uh that mm-hmm. we are you know from be- becoming you know this is this was a christian nation mm-hmm. we we were built on a christian foundation mm-hmm. um but they're saying that now we're going to become the minority mm-hmm. and it's crazy because you know from becoming a place where we were sending preachers to other nations we were the the <laughs> Now, now, now we need preachers to be sending. Now, now, now we need preachers coming back. You know that. You yeah. know now we need them back. But it's crazy how we're heading, and and I feel like it's not necessarily people that are from like um, the outside from the church, but it's within the inside mm-hmm. of the church. Um, I don't know if you guys heard my favorite preacher. His name is uh, Matt Chandler. Oh yeah. Um, something just happened with him. Mm-hmm. You know his situation. Uh, I don't want to get like really yeah. into that. But what um, what I'm trying to say with that is that it's it's sad to see that the own Christian family, if you want to say, is you know rejoicing that he had to step down, and and I was like, how can it this be that you know amongst each other we are just you know rejoicing? And I'm like, I knew it. He was not a real preacher only because he didn't um, fall into the same. Uh, ideology that you have the same mentality, like but you're like you were saying, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're two different completely churches. It means that 
the way he's approaching the gospel is for a certain group that God wants to approach and save. And we have a d- different, um, mm-hmm. a different uh, subject or different region, a different area that we have to go and preach. Not necessarily mean that we are differently and, you know, we have to all have the same mentality. But it's crazy that within ourselves, mm-hmm. within the Christian culture, we just throwing rocks at each other. So now you step into that, bro, I want to ask you, how do you feel about the... I, I, I could be wrong on the statistic, but there's like at least 200 plus denominations within the Christian community. There's probably more. Mm-hmm. And do you think that has anything to do with people like, I guess, keeping away from Christianity because there's a bunch of different viewpoints? And, and how do you see that, bro? Uh, I want to say yes and no. Uh, I want to say yes and no. Uh, but what do you think, Jacob? Well... I think the main reason why a lot of people are leaving the churches is because faulty theology uh, leaves space for people being hurt. You mm-hmm. know, faulty theology leads to broken promises. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. Uh, mostly because nowadays American churches teach things that aren't even b- biblical in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, sayings like, oh, God won't give you anything more than, than you can handle, right? That's not even biblical. And, yeah. and people in churches have been repeating this mm-hmm. over every single year like uh-huh. of my life. Ever since I was born, they've always been saying the same things. But what the Bible is truly talking about, like they take verse out of context. Uh, mm. There's this verse in the Bible that they talk about that says, oh, like um, God won't give you more than you can bear. But that's talking about temptation, yeah. not about struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anything, the Bible talks about this process of refinement, how like we are like the potter's clay and how he has to kind of like shape us and mold us. And that takes... That, that means that he has to break us first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles. And I feel like that's where the church fails. We kind of like tell people like, oh, if, you, if you're if you with God, like you're automatically going to be like 100% okay all the time. Yeah. And like, you know, like everything's going to be like butterflies and rainbows. But like, <laughs> oh my God. But that's that's not the truth of Christianity. In fact, Imagine it was. In fact God says that Sweet like, you know, there. if the world like hated me, it's going to hate you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And more than that, if I struggled, you're going to struggle too. Why? Because a servant is not greater than his master. He never was. If you believe that you're not going to have struggles simply because you are a Christian, then you're kind of believing that you're greater than Jesus. And Jesus himself struggled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I, I, I think that that's one of the main problems why we... Okay, so before I say whatever I was going to say, just to kind of go back to what you said. I remember... We uh, there's this lady in my wife's hometown that she was invited to church. Yeah, and my in-laws invited her. It was they were like, "Hey, we're doing this. If you want, you can come." And she said something that it kind of changed a lot of the stuff that I was thinking about the church. Uh, for a moment, I was like, "Oh no, it's okay to have." I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I love the church. I love the bride. I love everything that has to do with church. Uh, but this lady said something that she said, the reason why I don't go to Christians is because in my hometown, there's like five different churches. And she's like, I'm a Catholic. There is only one church per city. And I was, and she was like, the day all those five churches come together as one, that's the day I'm going to Christianity. And I was like, Oh, okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> you know, so it's like I was like, Ugh. so it it it, it can probably make uh, if you have unhealthy theology, you're gonna take it to heart. You'll be like, oh my god, this lady, she's so judgmental. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but in reality, is that that is kind of like a challenge for the church to say, like, how can we look more like God? How can we? 
how can we look more like the model that actually got a stable for this earth, you know? Yeah. And then that that is actually something true because if we I think for I think this idea of the church being the place where you get all your problems solved, it has to fade away. Yeah. Because for many years all the preachers said, Come to God and He will give you healing. Come to God and He will give you prosperity. Come to God and He will He will He will solve all of your problems. Come to God and He will restore your marriage. Don't get me wrong, He does all of that. Oh, he can. But he he no, can, not, and he, he does, and he will do it. And then we have seen it time after time, done it again. Him. But that's not the core of the gospel. The core of the gospel is like go preach every go and preach the gospel to all the nations, telling them this is the time because the kingdom of God is available. And it's like, and 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 it's not only talking about oh yeah, just the goodness of the kingdom of God. It's talking about like you said. And this earth, and this earth, we will, we're gonna have problems and tribulations, but not because we have a oh God, God is something. And people can say because people have said it before. Then your God is a bad God. It's a it's it's a mean God. He's no, he's not a mean God. He's like he just wants to make sure that you really love him. You wow. know, he just wants to make sure that you are really like like a real person with he him. Wants to Be- know if you're down. Exactly, wow. yeah. if you're down, and because a lot of times. And this is why I have seen lack of passion in churches mm-hmm. is because people, they didn't get their way with God. And now they're like, now I'm not going to serve. Yeah. Like I, I had, I think we have seen people time after time saying, I was going to die and may, I made a deal with God. I was like, God, if you heal me, I'll serve you for the rest of my days. Right. Yeah. And you're like, bro, it really, it really needs that to happen in your life to serve God. You cannot just, you cannot just serve God just to serve God and say, God, I love you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you for what you did on the cross because now I have access to you, to heaven, to the Holy Ghost, to the to Jesus Himself. Can I not just just serve you just because? Can I? Do I really have to have a reason why I'm serving you? And and when you when you when you come to like just do things just because. People are going to start questioning, like, why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because. Like, we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and, and we, we were planning to do something. And one of the guys was like, but I need a reason for that. I was like, I don't need to give you a reason. I just, this is what we're going to do. He's like, but I need a reason. And I was like, bro, you don't need a reason to serve God. You just need to serve God. That's, all, that's your reason. You want a reason to serve God. We, why are we doing it? Because we're serving God. Why, why, why are we going in out of our ways just because we want to serve God? Mm-hmm. Why, and why I think that there's 200 and plus denominations. First of all, I think that the main denominations, if you put the main, the main denominations on a person, they look like different people. Mm-hmm. They look, you have the calm, nice people, and then you have the crazy ones, and then you have the most crazy ones, right? The charismatics. Shout out to all my charismatic <laughs> friends. And then, and then you have the weird ones. You're like, oh my God. You know? <laughs> no, I'm, that's a different thing. That's not something out of the topic. Yeah. And, and, and then you have the, the people that they just spend hours and hours and hours in the Bibles. And, 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 and again, if you want to have, if you, if, you don't want, if you don't want noise and loud and everything, you can go to one denomination. If you want like craziness and, and shouts and everything, and yeah, you can go to another denomination. So I think that the, the main denominations, even though they were, they were stable by men, I think God has used it to give different outputs for different yeah, people. Yeah, I believe wow. the same thing. Uh, different outputs for different, like you said, different, di- different crowds. Because yeah, I cannot expect it 
I cannot expect people to like be like, oh, I want to be like Pichos and go crazy uh, on an altar. Like, and I cannot, I cannot expect that because a lot of people are going to say like, well, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah. I like more mellow. I like more like without drums. And then, okay, cool. You can go to the church in the, in the corner. It's fine. But the problem with having two plus, 200 plus denominations is that now everybody is fighting against everybody. And I think that's an issue. The issue is not saying, I don't think the same way you do. The issue is saying, I have a problem of what you think. The the issue is saying like I don't like what you think and first first and for that reason I think you're gonna go to hell and I'm gonna go to heaven. So it, it I was I was seeing this podcast about and the guy asked the, the question. Huh? The Yupcast. The Yupcast. Yeah. a little somebody a little bit under the Yupcast. Okay. Uh, okay. This 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 guy asked the question and he said, "Does bad theology is gonna lead you to hell?" And I was like. Oh, that's a good question. I believe so. Yeah. You, but but at the same time, it's like if we go if we go to the church in the corner, we're gonna say like, "Whoa, they have bad theology," and they can say the same thing about us. They can say like, "Whoa, you guys have bad theology," you know. So, so I think that the problem with two hundred and plus denominations is not too much of like having it. It's like that we're not taking advantage of it. As a church, as a body of Christ, we're not saying, hey, hey, I love you and I love you, probably my point of views of the Bible, because that's the main difference. We, we, lately, we've been trying to make it more my point of views of uh, yeah. politics and, and everything yeah. that is going on. Oh, this is a this is an amazing church because they they really they're uh, they're acceptable and they're uh, and they're like and the, the church over there now. So it's like I think that the the problem is like if we don't think on the same things of. Like daily life is the problem if we think that if we if we view Jesus the same way, and if we view Jesus the same way, we're gonna be able to say like even though that we're different churches, we're different denominations, we are going to be able to walk towards the same goal, walk to the towards the same God. Because what is gonna happen tomorrow when we are all in heaven, and we see that pastor, that leader, that person that said you have bad theology, or do you said to them, oh? I don't like you because you're a Baptist example, right? What is going to happen? We're going to be like, oh, God, I thought that they were not going to make it. And yeah. they're here, you know? So it's like, and the same thing they're going to say about us. They're going to be like, bro, that, that guy is crazy. And he's here. What are you doing here? Yeah, exactly. No puede ser. It's a la vuelta, joven. You just be letting everybody in here. What we were saying is, <laughs> the, the reason why I said, yeah, bad theology is going to send you in hell is, uh, the thing is that, People are just listening without research. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have so many denominations because not everyone is a Christian one, you know? Mm -hmm. um, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are put into Christianity, which they're not, you know? Yeah. The, the Mormons, they're not Christians, but they're put in the same category as Christians. So that's the, that's the reason why we have so many theologies. I mean, so many denominations because we don't know our own theology. Going to what you were saying... Um, uh, there is a thing that we know we have the main things that we to have follow as you know for salvation, no? and then we have the second hand, uh, like your own kind of belief, you know. Mm -hmm. But if we, if the heart, like the main core is, you know, we need to accept Christ, you know, we need to confess God, we need to, you know, get baptized, you know, that's the foundation of the gospel. Mm -hmm. But if your church wants to believe, you know, speak in tongues. You know, that's you. I mean, your church can speak in tongues, but you cannot force my church to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the thing we need to see, you know. That's the difference of um, 
theology. It's it's within the Bible, but we we don't really apply it to our lives. That's one thing. But the moment we're like, oh, you know, uh, we're, we're doing because I, I have I've seen this in in Mexico a lot of times where they're like, oh, we're preaching and then we're worshiping and then. Like gold comes out of like from heaven, <laughs> and bro, like I'm gonna like oh. they yeah. show like they yeah. if you look at their palms, they have glitter or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's actually believable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's actually like they grab it beforehand or actually the enemy. Because <laughs> I mean, we understand. I can imagine the ashes, bro. At certain hour, they come here. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like, they're like salt bay. <laughs> 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 Seasoning. <laughs> and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not, I'm not against you know, because the enemy can do like miracles, signs, and wonders. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that okay. So I, I think that the problem with the church, again, is that we based our theology and if God is gonna do the miracle or not. Mm. If we are able to say, even if you don't heal me, I'm still gonna follow you. You made it as a Christian. Yeah. Because. The miracles are not our theology. Miracles are just a show, uh, just a display of love's, uh, God's love. And that's, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, my God. Because if you actually see Jesus, when he, w- when he went back to Jerusalem, he said that he was not able to perform a lot of miracles there. The lack of- but he was preaching his lungs out. Mm-hmm. He was like, you brutal vipers. That's where he said it. Not not because he was like, oh my God, like no 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 no. The the Jesus was actually seeing the faith of people, and he said he I can think and I can I can interpret it like this. He was like, I need to give them more substance than just a miracle, because in reality, if you see at the end of it, at the end of it, it's so crazy that at the end of it, when he was being taken to the cross, the only people that were there that were the disciples and his family. And probably the secretly followers that they later on they came up. But if you see the if you see the the if you see the book of Acts, if you see Romans, if you see if you go through the to the through the uh, letters of Paul through the book of Acts yeah. itself, it says that the miracles were only used as a display of God's power to kind of just affirm that God was there. Hmm. So, that you were no God's Exactly, that you were close to God. So I think that when you base your, your faith, when you base your theology, when you base your Christianity, and again, if God is going to do it or not, you're already in a wrong path. Because the moment God doesn't do it, you're going to walk away. The moment God says no, you're going to say like, you're going to be like a child. Ah. And you and you're gonna be, you're not gonna throw the biggest tantrum to God. No quiero. Exactly, it's like God, I hate you. Uh, you don't love me. You're 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 fake. And then God is just like, no, I'm just trying to save you, even for yourself. Because, go, kind of go back to the beginning. If we see the the story of the ten brides, it says five of them were vigilant. Five of them were ready mm. with their lamps. They bought extra oil. And the extra oil is something that is related to anointing. And at the same time, the oil, it was used before in sheep. And they, they were anointing the oil. The, 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 they were anointing the sheep. Like they, I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about actually like a sheep. The animal. The, the pastor will grab the animal and put oil in his head. And the oil they put is to, to help the animal not get a parasite that it gets to their ears. Mm. And then they go to their ears and they eat their brains. The oil actually takes all those parasites out. Mm. 
So the crazy thing when God is saying you need to be vigilante, you need to be ready with your oil, is saying you need to take everything that is clothing your mouth, your mind, and you need to take it out. Mm. Because mm. one day I'm going to be coming again and you're going to not be able to hear me. You're not going to be able to like recognize my voice. And then the Bible goes back to the sheep and it says, my flock, my sheep recognize my voice. Yeah. So I think I think this is a new generation where the people that are really seeking for God are standing up and their people that are seeking for what God can offer, I, they, they need to go down. They need to just be quiet for a minute. You were going to say something, Jacob? Yeah, I was just thinking about like um, the idea of just kind of like um, how the Bible talks about how it's harmful to live in sensuality, kind of like living in your own emotions. Yeah. Kind of like the same idea of living like based on what you see, like the miracles happening in your life or whether or not it's happening. Mm. It's living based off of your emotions and Mm -hmm. the Bible warns against that. Um, And I forgot what I was going to say, but I was going to say something more, but... Basically how it's 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 never like stable. You know, your emotions are never never stable. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're always constantly changing. Yeah. And you can't base like your whole faith based on your emotions mm-hmm. because if not, you will fail. You will fall. And you know, that's why the Bible warns us against living sensually, you know, living according to our feelings. And yeah, I mean, I, I agree, you know, um, with what you were saying before. I mean, that's why God, you know, the Bible says, you know, we need to renew our minds every single day mm-hmm. it's not just about um oh like and this is something i when i accepted christ i accepted out of fear like you were saying like um like you're about to die you're like god if i you know if, yeah, you, yeah. if you let me live i'll serve you but the thing is that th- that type of relationship is it's sad because mm-hmm. you're doing it because an obligation because you're afraid yeah yeah and fear is mm-hmm. the the driving force of your faith and it shouldn't be like that like you were saying i do it out of love i do it because i am thankful that i'm still alive i'm thankful that you know maybe i don't have everything that i wish i could have but i'm better you know than how i was you know emotionally damaged Mm -hmm. that i was just in the wrong wrong place burning schools you know (laughs) and you know fighting teachers (laughs) fighting teachers (laughs) but now now i'm here Uh now i'm i'm doing something with my life now i am leading other people that what was once myself Mm. and that's the beauty of the gospel that Mm -hmm. from being a disciple you you become a teacher and that's what we have to do as 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 you know christ as a church yeah we need to build disciples so they can become teachers but the thing is inside the church we always make disciples and that's it nothing happens they don't get sent out they never get exactly that's Mm -hmm. why we have so many disciples that are fighting to have that place within that title yeah because Mm. we don't have where to go Mm -hmm. so i love what you're saying about the fear of god bro and i feel like that scripture came off of because when you fear somebody you respect them right you can't respect somebody that you don't know yeah and going back to your saying about intimacy bro and that story of the five prudent virgins and the um, five unwise ones or however it goes um i look at that story and five of them stored oil i look at intimacy mm-hmm. you know it's not that the other five couldn't get oil because the oil was available they just didn't want the intimacy. they just didn't want it exactly mm-hmm. and th- i remember this preacher saying this and like it really blew my mind he said Jesus has never been closer than he is right now, mm-hmm. right now. 
you look at the Old Testament, there was a veil. There was there was a hierarchy, believe it or not, bro. If you weren't the high priest and if you weren't like part of the Levite family, you didn't have as much access to the Father and that much um, presence, you know. But now everyone has access to like see him face to face. And we need to be taking advantage of it. And a lot of people think that, oh, I could feel the presence of God. Like I'm good, you know, but it, it's something daily, mm-hmm. you know, and at any given moment, he's going to come back and he's going to check your, I want to say he's going to check your intimacy level. Like, do I really know you, you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I, I heard this from a, from a Christian rapper and he said, I don't, I don't, I don't say that I know God, but I want to say that God knows me. Yeah. Mm. And, 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 and I think that many times as, as church, as Christians, when, when you strive to get to get to God to know you, you're mm-hmm. on the right path. Because yeah, everybody knows God. More in this nation. Like yeah. I think I want to say that 90% of this nation knows God. Probably they haven't seen it, but they know there's a God, right? If you go out there, if we go out there, we should do it. We we go if you guys you guys should do it. The Yup guys should do it. If you go out there with a camera and the microphone and ask him ask people, random people, you know God, they're probably gonna say yes. And then you, you're going to say, do you believe in God? They're probably going to say yes or no, right? <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, like you said, now, now is more available than before. And, and, the, and this is part of the last times. If you believe in the rapture, if you believe in the last times or not, that's, that's another topic. Yeah. But God is available now. Mm, yeah. And it, let's say that never happens at the end, nothing happened. Well, at least I leave. I, I left. I leave my life better than before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if happens, then you're in problem. You're in trouble yeah. because I made it and you didn't. You did. You did not. So, so I, I think that as a church, we need to strive for saying like, I want to have intimacy with God, with one another, and with the people. And I want to. I want to try to when people come to our doors, try to have intimacy with them so they can know God. Because at the end of it. Like like you said, before it was like, oh, if you're not the priest, you don't have you don't have access to God. Mm-hmm. Now we all, when you decide to follow God, you become a priest, your own. Mm-hmm. You become the 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 royal the, priest, the royal priest that it goes before God, and you bring the problems of people too. Because we we were called actually to to be that person, to be the one and saying like, I'm gonna be praying for you. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you in my prayers because when you do that as a church, you are able to say. I want to take your burden as mine. Mm. And, 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 and this is the time where we have seen time after time that when we as a church, we do, we take that route of saying like, we are going to just try to suffice as many needs as we can from, for the church, for the people out there. You're, you are, it's pretty amazing how people just, start coming to your they gravitate towards that they, yeah. exactly they just started like saying like there's something different in that church mm-hmm. and probably from a hundred people that you're going to help probably just two are going to show up but those two that's what god is going to continue doing it and then the crazy thing is that at the end of it probably and right now i actually saw this statistics to kind of go back to the statistics you were saying i saw it like yesterday and they were saying that officially christianity is the is the lowest religion in america mm. So I was like in the whole continent and probably in the whole world now. And I was like, dude, it's, it's, it's so crazy that now in this time in history, again, we are in a time of history that's super weird. 
Because you cannot say anything now. Yeah, because you're always going to you're going to get canceled. Not just that. People are going to start pointing fingers saying like, see, that's the way Christians really are. Mm. And this is why I don't want to be a Christian. And I was seeing this statistics, too, that that it says that now Gen Z's and the newer generations, uh, they really don't want to follow their parents' religions. They just they just like openly saying, I don't have a religion. I'm good. I'm okay with it. But at the same time, I think this is the best, the best time in history. Mm-hmm. Because I can just remind, it reminds me of the time when Paul came to, came to a place and he saw the altars. And one of the altars said to the God of the unknown, yeah. to the unknown God. And then he came to the council of the city of that day. And he said, that unknown God, that's the God I carry. So I think this is the best time in history because we can go out there and say like, yeah, you have your gods, you have your social media God, you have your your my body, my my person God, you have your my followers God, you have my thoughts God, you have my gender identity God, you have my political views God, but there's a God that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And his and name is a, Jesus. That's the God we serve. And that's the God we serve. And then the crazy thing is that in history, even though they were like that. I think that, yeah, we're going to put ourselves out there and we probably, people are going to be like, they're going to cuss us out, right? <laughs> Worse. Exactly. <laughs> they're going to cuss us out. They're probably going to persecute us. They're gonna, probably going to say this. They're probably going to say that. But in reality is that Jesus said it. And he said, God, I only, and he, one day, one day he, was, pray, he was, pray, was praying and he said, God, I only pray that you give them the strength hmm. to this, my little kids. And it's like, it's so crazy that he didn't pray for like, God, give them a new car. God, give them a new building. If new all that happens, exactly, bro, <laughs> if, if all that happens, hey man, cool. But he said, give them the strength to stay faithful. Yeah. Because yeah, bro, I mean, the, the, the closer we get to the end, the harder everything is going to get. That's yeah. true. And, and we're living in a time again, at least for United States. I mean, the rest of the world is the same. Uh. For the people that don't know, this week in Mexico there was a proposal that was brought on to the to the to the senators and stuff like that, and there were the proposition said that they wanted it to, uh, uh, they wanted to do a new law that if you preach the Bible, you're preaching a uh, like a hatred like message, like a violent message. Damn. So so they they want them they wanted to turn it into a law. That now people can sue you because you're preaching the Bible. And, and that people can see it as a hatred message. The funny thing is that the person that made that request is a transgender senator. Mm-hmm. So it's like we are getting to a point that everybody's just going. And if you notice, the only religion people are bold enough to say something is about awesome. Christianity. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. if they ask Christians, mm-hmm. Christianity, they can they, they diss the Bible over and over but do that to the Islams. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do that to them. They're going to blow you up. They'll be like, you know, like, bro. And that is, don't, don't put that on the podcast. But, but in reality, bro, and, and, and this is, 
This is something that is real. <laughs> no. But it's true they're willing it's to true. die for their faith. Bro. Um, they're willing to sacrifice. They're willing their to life. die for their faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like not probably we're everybody. They're more committed to their faith. They're mm-hmm. willing to actually like go out of their way to defend their faith, defend their views. I mean, and they won't take disrespect from anyone. Oh no. And you know what? Oh, no. As they should. As they should. No, and, and, and then the that's the crazy part that it sounds funny and be like, whoa, but it's reality. Yeah. Bro, we go to the, if you go to the Middle East. People are dying because they believe that that's what they need to do. Mm. Bro, they be chopping heads. Hey, bro, and, and, and it's no, so like, crazy. No, no, no. And, and it's real. Bro, it's so real that, that yeah, we as Christians, we were not called to that. But it's funny how in this time in history, everybody's turning around and say, the problem is Christians. The problem is the Bible. The problem is your God. The problem is Jesus. I was seeing this video, guys preaching on, on the street, and somebody says, F you, Jesus. And the guy says, I don't care, bro. He loves you. And then it's like, it's like, dude, again, try to do that with somebody else. They're, they're going to take it. Hmm. They're not that Christian. They're going to go and smack you. And then again, it sounds funny and it sounds like, whoa, but that's reality. That, that's something that we're actually living now that we're like, we are more afraid of people carrying a Bible than people carrying a gun. Yeah. We are more afraid of people carrying a Bible that... That a man that is dressing as a woman is trying to teach your kids how to live their sexual life. We are afraid more now and cancel me, whatever. This is my social media. You can see it. Uh, we are more afraid of people people saying, God loves you. Jesus loves you. He, he has an answer for you. Than, than people saying, you can be whoever you want. And, and, and I, and, but again, this is the best time in history because people don't know God. And when you present somebody that says, I have an answer for you. I have an answer for your problems. Mm-hmm. I have an answer to, to heal that broken heart. That's when people say like, okay, I'm intrigued. Why are you talking about? And probably again, and the Bible says that the people that are going to walk at the end, mm-hmm. they're going to be few. They're yeah, gonna, the there's going to be, yeah. there's going to be a big, that, that's why it, it, by the sign it was like this, not because God was bad or he did something to set us up for his failure. No, 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 no. He's doing it like this because he knows the majority of people choose to follow their desires, choose to follow their sin, choose to follow their, their point of views. And that's why he says there's going to be a highway. And then to follow me, there's actually a tiny the road, yeah. a narrow road that is like you can barely walk on it. I barely fit. <laughs> Me and the rest of chubby Christian community, we roll on that. <laughs> we just want to take a picture for you know coming yeah. in, have a, a good talk, laugh. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it's always good to see you. Um, we, I hope you we can do it more often. But I'm gonna take you up on your on, on that. Um, where we're gonna go out and start asking people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We're gonna start you know co- going out more to the streets because. Um, as, as our, our goal is not just stay here in this four walls, is you mm-hmm. know to go out there. So we're gonna start, you know, doing more things yeah. like that. Do it, do it. We'll invite you, bro. But yeah. for and the viewers, uh, we just want to say, like, what's your common thoughts about you know this topic? I know, uh, especially if you're not Christian, we want to hear like what's the main reason why you don't follow God. That's what's like stopping you from following God. Because, you know, we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can, you know, reach to any of us here. We are more than happy to have a conversation. We, like, this is what I say, conversation. We're not going to fight. We're going to have a, like, a normal conversation. And we can still agree to disagree at the end. But at the end, we just want to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
also uh, please subscribe follow uh, share to other people uh, and yeah we just you know thank you pictures for and, being and, and I just want to say to the people that are seeing us we might look like we're crazy but we mm -hmm. actually want to see you we actually want to see you at the feet of Jesus and then again the reason why we do a lot of stuff and the reason why there's a generation like this is because our only goal is to see people at the feet of Jesus and yeah. if you don't if you don't like this this point of view if you don't like this comment you can you can say whatever you want but Just share it to other people but mm -hmm. even even if you don't like our Jesus he likes you yeah. For real. Even if you don't love God, He loves you, and He He made available the gospel. He made available a way for you to get out of whatever you're going through. It can be brokenness, it can be sin, it can be depression, anxiety, whatever you're going through. Jesus is available for you, and He wants to save you too. You don't have to change religion. You just need to go to relationship. That's good. We love you. Let me pray you guys out. Yes. Father God, we thank you for this hour. We thank you for this opportunity to share and have communion with you and the people amongst us, Father God. I pray this over the viewer, Father God, that they may have a softened heart, Father God, to receive this word, Father God. I pray you give us boldness and strength to continue moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Love you guys. Bye.